0: Hi everyone, thank you so much for listening to the Seed and Grain podcast. My name is Stephen I'm the managing editor of Seed and Grain. I'm sitting here talking with Carol Jones. You may have noticed her from other parts of the industry. Uh, she keeps exchange almost every year, giving safety training with her. You may have noticed it in her giant trailer of grain uh, and trapping and other safety training. And she's here with me today, and I just want to say thank you so much, Carol. Um,
1: well, thanks for having me. I, I really appreciate being invited to speak with everyone today, and it's a real honor to work with with this industry. We've uh, had some a lot of good times out there with the trailer, and then just going around the country and working with this industry is a real privilege. Best people in the world. <laughs> yeah,
0: they really are, aren't they? they that's, it's a great industry to talk to and be involved with. I guess I have a question. How did you kind of get involved with? Safety training in the industry. I always think to myself, oh, I'm a writer. How did I end up writing about this industry? It's pretty small, but you are going around doing trainings and you're so involved with all the aspects of
1: it. Oh, it's really amazing where your career can take you. Of course, I uh, was raised in the ag industry, I'm a farm girl from Northwest Oklahoma. And so, kind of a natural fit, but I worked a lot of years in the oil fields with different kinds of product handling, pumps, compressors, conveyors. Just, just all kinds of material handling. Fast forward, we know what happens with the oil fields. It's up and down, and uh, my family needed me to return back out to the farm for the next generation to damage family farm things. So I went back out to the farm and raised a daughter. who's now enge- an engineer and raising two granddaughters, so lucky me. I also married an ag engineer, so we've got a whole house full of engineers, maybe two more coming on. I was working with uh, back in the ag industry again, and still felt like there was a part of my education I didn't get finished. And so I had an opportunity to uh, teach high school for a little while in an ag uh, area. Of course, when we go home we think wheat, a lot of wheat, just grain of all kinds. And uh, but I did have an opportunity through that teaching connection to go back to OSU and finish my Ph.D. I grabbed that opportunity in a hurry. got my Ph.D. there at OSU, and uh, they asked me to stay and take Dr. Ron Noyes' position. Some of the folks out there may remember Dr. Noyes, who the grain industry, and, and that sort of set me on the track to go back to my roots with material handling in the ag industry. That led me into... It's the things that happen with grain, particularly when it goes out of condition, and that mm-hmm. is directly related to safety. So uh, that's where we are today.
0: Well, training really that's the root of a lot of our problems, isn't it?
1: To uh, keep the grain in good condition, people don't generally go in the bin very often, and that reduces our risk for entrapment, and entanglements, and engulfments and uh, breathing bad. Gases and all those ills that we fight every day. So
0: you're not uh, still not a professor, at OSU, are you? Are you teaching class? No,
1: I teach occasionally. I did retire after twenty some odd years full professor there at OSU, and I've been given an opportunity to be a trainer for fire mm-hmm. service training at OSU, which is the, one of the world's premier group that goes around training about all different kinds of fire service all over the world, and that's oh. where our, our trainer is housed, where our funding comes from, our funding is through Ocean, with is deep in the Harwood Grant, and uh, they take me on in, which is kind of nice, too, that I do work with them, they've got an elite group of trainers that, that does this kind of training, as well as confined space training, and everything that a fire department would need to know and so I'm real privileged to get to work with them and do the parts of my my job as a professor that I really love to do. I don't get in faculty meetings anymore, that's pretty nice.
0: A <laughs> uh, Full disclosure, everyone. We've talked with Carol and I, and uh, you, you already sound, you've always sounded more busy than I am. I'm not any important person.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, retirement's kind of a funny thing. I don't know that you quit working, you just get to say no to the things you don't want to do. And I'm doing things I do want
0: to do now. You've worked with people across the industry now for years, and what leads to safety incidents? When you're moving grain?
1: There's really two re- two times that it happens. One is when our grain does go out of condition and we're trying to renew material out of the bin and it just won't go down to the, the reclaim system. So we need to break up the clumps that happen when grain goes out of condition. It may be stuck to the wall. It may have a bridge. It may just be huge chunks that won't go down through that reclaim system. So if someone goes in there to break that up so we can get... The, the grain out of the, the bin. The other time is when we're cleaning out that bin, uh, getting ready for the next year's harvest. And yeah, we'll be doing it here pretty soon. Our, hopefully our incident rate doesn't go up this summer, but it has every year before now. So I guess I, I want to be optimistic that if we clean out those bins, people go in the bin, to get the sweet auger in, and maybe we have it locked out, tagged out. That's just something that I've really been talking to people a lot about lately, is lockout, tagout. Uh, even if we don't have an entrapment or engulfment, we step down in those unguarded stumps, and um, and then we have an entanglement, so it can sure change a lot in a hurry. But all of that really comes from, from bad grain. When when the grain won't come out of the reclaim system, that's when we go in the bins, and that's when bad things happen. you see that movie,
0: Silo, the one that came out a few years oh. ago? Oh, uh, yes. About grain entrapment? Uh, it was it was interesting because it's uh it's a of it, and as I was sitting there watching it the whole time, I'm like, "Man, yeah, this could this entire issue was solved by a simple lockout/tagout procedure."
1: <laughs> well, it's probably the same thing. Um, lockout/tagout is something that we we just really need to pay attention to. It makes our job a little longer to do. Um, if if we can't lock out/tag out, we've got to at least charge the stump, but Lockout, mm-hmm. tagout is, is of course, it's part of the grain handling standards and we don't want that grain moving on the inside. So lockout, tagout is the answer. It's one thing just to turn off the auger or de-energize it, but to go ahead and lock it out in case some other employee doesn't come along and say, oh yeah, we're supposed to be moving grain today. I better turn this back on when we don't do it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. lockout, tagout is, is, is just so important. If we can leave the, the air and the lights on, and still lock out, tag out, that's a good thing to do, but if it's all wired in together, then everything everything has to be shut off um, in order to energize the augers and anything that moves the grain in the dam. I think that mm-hmm. needs to be our, our big problem, uh, other than thin that bad grain in the dam. Some years, we don't have anything but bad grain to put in the dam, so we so we can't mm-hmm. help but have some, some clods and stuff grain, but. The mechanism of lockout tagout keeps our grain from moving when when we're working inside the bin, and that's that's the best way that I know of to make sure that uh, grain doesn't fall down on us. Other than staying out of the bin completely.
0: Yeah, well, we're we're getting closer and closer to hopefully that being an affordable option for everybody to just kind of stay out of their bins at all times. Well, and. From what I know, it's complacency, right? You've been in the bin a bunch of times before, you never oh, had a right. issue, so you go in again, which is, is part of the reason why I think the training you guys do with your brain engulfment uh, trailer is so important, right? Because it allows people to kind of get the experience of something like that happening. <laughs> something like
1: I that think happening. so. I, yeah, it's a safe environment to so So far we've got 100% recovery rate of getting somebody back out of that trailer. <laughs> <laughs> and we're proud of that. Yes, <laughs> you know, we, we do get complacent. Um, I used to think that the more seasoned employees were safer than our brand-new employees, but I'm not so sure that's true because mm-hmm. we get like a about what we do. Like we've always done it this way, and uh, it never happens to me and, uh, until it does and then that, that's just a bad day. But uh, we can't be complacent. We do need to understand that, uh, especially with our new equipment now, we move grain so much faster than we used to. As a kid, I've laid in the grain bins just like every other farm kid. But we moved grain at a 1,000 bushel an hour then. Now, mm-hmm. gosh, we can move up to 40,000 bushels an hour. And, and so there's just no one that has a chance when we're moving grain that fast. You just can't protect yourself. So of those of us that have been around the industry a while and have this false sense of security may need to reassess, and the trailer kind of helps you do that. Obviously, it's not, I won't say, a completely realistic situation down in the trailer because when you tell it, for example, they're very brain-like, that they're not exactly the same, and all the equipment is just easy to access, and, of course, we have light in there, and we can hook up a fan, and that's certainly not like making the grain bin. But it does open some people's eyes when they're entrapped in some kind of material and they are totally helpless and we put a coffer around them and sometimes they find out they're a little claustrophobic and they didn't know that. So surprising things can happen even to people that have a lot of experience. <laughs> I would I mean,
0: imagine having you be claustrophobic afterwards. No <laughs> matter what,
1: right? Like, uh, we get some big eyes sometimes.
0: The training itself, so you guys get part of your funding from OSHA, part of your funding from the university, you kind of go around and you put out these demonstrations. Can private companies hire you for a big training, or how do you all that work?
1: We have funding through SEMP, uh, and as long as the funding is available and uh, we haven't used it all up through the year, we can do this training for free. After that, we do have to charge. University provides some funding for us. The trailer actually was provided through assistance to Firefighters Grant, um, mm-hmm. and along with the, the OSHA grant. It's about a half million dollars worth of equipment. And so uh, we appreciate that funding. But to continue to do what we do, we, we rely on that OSHA funding and then on people paying for it once we run out of the money. But it's an eight hour day. When we come, um, we bring the trailer and we usually have four to five instructors with us. The first four hours of classroom instruction, and that's not everybody's favorite part of the day, but we do have to talk about equipment and air monitoring, about standards, about governmental regulations, about why grain goes bad in the first place, and what everybody's role is in a rescue or in staying safe. And then in the afternoon, we do four hours out on the trailer. Of course, that's the part we like. We do um, an engulfment with everyone. Um, we'll have two rescuers, which is, which are students, and one victim, which is also a student, down in the trailer. Of course, we rotate that out several times. We also go through a segment of uh, knot tying and things we can do if we don't have a tripod available, uh, have rig ladders for a, an anchor point. We do talk about anchor points. We talk about different kinds of crosser jams. We talk about uh, walking on grain. You know, if you don't have something to stand on, you're going to wear yourself out really quick walking around in grain. So we talk about different options uh, to stay safe when you need to walk in grain and, and either do your job or get down to a victim. So it's a lot of fun. The is a lot of fun. Our favorite Scenario is to have firefighters and elevator workers and farmers all training together. That way, everybody knows what everybody else knows, and they get a different perspective from each one of those groups. And and that's just a fun day. In fact, gosh, it was Friday. We did it. We just got back from West Texas, and we did three days there in West Texas, and. Uh, we had that combination of people in Dumas, Texas, on Friday, and it was just a really great training day.
0: That sounds great, Well, especially because part of the challenge is training those local rescuers, the fire crews that will come out and hopefully bigger
1: life. Then to understand that the elevator environment is, is just essential. Many of them have never been in a grain elevator. They, they have no clue what that environment is like, and they don't understand the physical properties of grain and how different that mm-hmm. is from any other material they work around. So it gives them that opportunity, it's an opportunity to meet the ag people in, in their world. Yeah and interact with them and understand how important pre-planning is. So it just gives them a little different perspective on their job. Hopefully they never need it. We just hope to business that nobody ever needs this training. We'd love to be out of business. But that hasn't happened yet. And unfortunately, it
0: doesn't seem like it will happen in the near future, at least. It doesn't seem like it. You know,
1: accidents happen, and sometimes we just do stupid things.
0: woodworker uh, as a hobby and you know I've done stupid things in the shop that I know I shouldn't do and you just kinda you're like, Oh, that was close. I I think we that, there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well well that's
0: why I, I find it so amazing your, your your training because you also get both sides of it, right? You get to be in golf and then you also get to be one of the the rescuers
1: and you yeah. get to
0: see kind of you to feel what both sides of them are feeling at any given time because I mean that's part of the issue. I mean, you panic when you get in that situation, and it's important to know.
1: Well, that's true. Uh, it does, and the things that you have to do to get someone out of that situation also help you to understand how dangerous your own job is and what you can do mm-hmm. to keep from getting uh, in a bad situation like an engulfment or an entrapment. The, the students that aren't down in the dance, because only up three at a time in the band, the rest of them are mm-hmm. up on top trailer and they're handling the equipment we give to our rescuers and they're learning about the road system that we use and, and how extensive the equipment requirement is. The equipment requirements for an engulfment or an entrapment rescue are so extensive that it's really difficult for one fire department to have those resources. And so the ag community finds out how they can help their fire departments and how they can bring other fire departments together so that everybody works together and, and we can achieve a good outcome when we do have something bad happen. It may take 125 or 200 people to do a rescue. There's so many different things that have to happen. And so we talk about that, and I think our students understand that this is not just a – hurry up and run in there and pull somebody out of the grain scenario.
0: And that's important too, because the moment you do that, you start to put yourself at risk. Right? And that's
1: right. Um, it has happened the victim was one of our rescuers, and we don't want to see mm-hmm. that happen.
0: Exactly. I would encourage anyone who's listening to uh, us, what is the official name of the grain uh, trailer?
1: Well, our class is called Basic Response to Grain Handling and Hazard. So if you go to the osu-fst.org site, uh, you, you can find information about our class there. Or if they would like to contact me, I can certainly give that information to them. My email address is jcarol, C-A-R-O-L, at okstate.edu. And I'll be glad to direct you to more information.
0: Yeah, excellent. I really encourage anyone to let your uh, managers know that you guys would like to, to have some training like this because it really is invaluable. One of these they'll, days, they'll invite me along and I'll get in that, for that trailer as well. <laughs> <laughs> we
1: would love to have you. We'll make sure you get to be the victim. How's that? Oh,
0: excellent. I, I, I'm good at playing the victim. <laughs> I do.
1: That's, that's the fun part of being the victim, and how can everybody. Does their job quickly and gets you out of this mm-hmm. job situation extra
0: fast time. <laughs> it's one of the things I love. Everyone in the industry to get get your training at some point because, especially as someone covers the industry, I'm a little more maybe plugged into the day and day of it. But you see it still pays too often. <laughs> it's a
1: surprise.
0: Right. Tragic every time. It's
1: it is, and it just doesn't have to happen. It just really doesn't. We're an industry that has so many resources and so many good people with all kinds of great ideas, and and we just can't tolerate this to continue. We shouldn't have to. We we can make this get better, and that's part of what our training is about. That's part of the knowledge base that we're trying to assemble and, and project out onto the industry, and uh, I, I'm just convinced we can make this better.
0: I I think so, too. And it's always great to see grain handling companies kind of taking a lead on that kind of thing where, you know, you see them donating equipment to their local fire departments and having safety days and all of that. That's always really – it's really good to see. <laughs> it like,
1: uh, so won't happen without that support. It just doesn't. Mm-hmm. There's, nobody else is going to do it for us. We've got to do it as an industry. Many of our incidents have been out on the farm. And that's the hardest group to reach, but the way to reach them is through those local co-ops and farm bureaus and, and other ad groups um, where the farmers are interested and have a stake in that organization. I like to talk about wives because they're real, real interested in keeping their children and their husbands safe. Uh, So Mm -hmm. that's a good way to to reach out to people. But but it really has to be a grassroots effort. It has to happen at the community level. Um, Several of the insurance companies have played a big part in promoting safety and having the equipment down at the grassroots level, and that's real important with appreciate this
0: support. And that, I think that was message today is get educated, learn about brain safety, learn about brain safety, and finally be safe, right?
1: That's right. Just be safe. Stop going to the gym. And if you do have to, try to do it in a safe way. Lock out, tag out.
0: Yeah, so important. And let's, let's try to make it so No one gets in track
1: are throughout the year. <laughs> it's that this year, that year uh, it would be great if our, our count was zero this next year. That would just be a wonderful year. I know it probably won't happen, but that's our goal.
0: Well, I'm sure you get the same study I do from Purdue when I mean, they go through the, the yearly reported incidents in the year. Like, eh, it's, it's getting better.
1: It can be better. All it takes is one wet year in the Corn Belt. And our members will go back up again. It happens every time. We hope that this is a good harvest year for everyone. I hope that we get ready for harvest. We do that in a safe way, and that everybody goes home to their children and their loved ones at night, and we can live another day to have a successful day in the grain industry.
0: Exactly. Well, thank you so much for talking to me today, Carol. I, I really appreciate it. And. I'm sure if our audience wants to reach out, we'll have your email in the show notes and some more information um, on what you do. And
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, of course. Thank you so much. And we will we'll talk soon. Hopefully you can come on again. We can talk a little bit about more about confined space and training, some of the other trainings that you do, and some of the information there. You've always been so, so excited nice to talk to you. So,
1: we can get more specific about the topics and, and get a little deeper into some of the things that are important for us. So let me know when when that time's available, and we'll be right back.
0: All right. That's okay. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I need to see you in again, and we will see you next time. All right. Have a great and safe day.